Hello. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. I'm trying to do something. How, how, how do I get the sound up? How's it going today? Things are going very well as usual. Everything goes beautifully here. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to today? Oh, now your voice is coming in much stronger. Oh, good. That's the- awesome. Okay. That's awesome. What, so what have you been up to today? Today, I have read scads of emails. There have got to be, look at this. Look at this pile of emails. There are about, I would say, 40 of them. Hello. 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 Okay, I'm back on. This is a problem, but uh, he's helping me as much as he can. All right. This is awesome. I love having you here. This is so cool. So you've been reading lots of emails. (laughs) Anything good? Anything emails and phone calls and stuff and lunch and I just finished lunch. Oh, nice. Uh, a late lunch, huh? Well, Paolo and I have compromised so that we're eating later lunch, like we eat about two or three o'clock. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Well, he's late now. He's a pe- I call him a pipistrello, which is a, a bat. <laughs> because he's awake. He's awake all night and I'm awake all day. I love it. Do you know what? Dean was literally just asking me today how to say bat in Italian. So now I can tell him. Thank you. Tell him pipistrello. Pipistrello. Okay. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, honestly, it's kind of nice to have somebody who's a night owl and somebody who is an early bird when you're like, when you're together all the time, you know, because then you can sort of find time for yourselves as well. Yes, I've got plenty of time for myself all morning. And he has plenty of time for himself all night. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I'm so happy to have him. You know, it's so nice. I'm yeah. so happy you have him too. That's awesome. Yeah, he's been such a help, really. You know, and it's also been helping me. I've become a nicer person. I'm not such a grouch. I was used to getting my way all the time. And now I've got to give in some of the time. You're so funny. You are not a grouch. I There's no part of me that ever classifies you in my brain as a grouch. Well, after three days, you tell me that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, deal. Okay. <laughs> well, by the time that we get out of here, we both will have changed a great deal, I think. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's amazing. Did I write to you that um I he reminds me of the odd couple? Yeah, you said that that you two no, are the odd couple. We're really the odd couple, you know. But we're, can you imagine putting two people together who could be less alike? I love it. But anyhow. So, you know, one of the things I love so much about you is your just complete willingness to grow all the time. I think that's amazing, Elizabeth. Honestly. When you're, when you're sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow. So you know what? It's so interesting because this podcast episode is about friendship. And so I think it's so, yeah. So I don't think that you know this and you are one of my most favorite friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. Listen, it's so flattering to me to have you who are younger than my daughter, whatever would be, and grandchildren, which are like the three of them. 
I mean, and the dog, the dog is awesome too. <laughs> I don't think you know how fantastic you are. Really, honestly, Elizabeth. Listen, it'll go to my head if you tell me. I'm going to keep telling you that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I've tried to be quiet and not be myself too much, you know? <laughs> Why? Yourself is amazing. Please be yourself loudly all the time. I'll try. Okay. I'll, I'll be better. All right. Anyhow, I've been phoning Puerto Rico a lot, and my cousin and I have a daily oh he is such a pain he's lost his wife because she's in um uh the united states taking care of her grandchild mm. when when she was no longer allowed to go back to puerto rico so she's stuck and he's alone he's got i have i have no idea how many rooms in his house but you know he's li living in a gated community and very nicely and whatever and um so we talk every day and you know I've decided I'm trying to help everyone by putting up with some people, enjoying some people, but talking to the ones that, you know, are in uh, are one of my people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, my best friend, and I call her my best friend because I've known her since third grade, okay? And she's been a good friend since fifth grade when her mother kind of destroyed her best friend. Okay. Yeah. I mean, her mother was so against the other. The, uh, um, the uh, no, she was so against her. This girl, and um, she was through her through school, and this girl is lovely. Okay, but uh, she they no, they no longer can stand each other because of this girl's mother. You know, uh, and I know that that she I she hated her. She really did. And um, why? Well, one of the reasons why was um, she said, oh, they had dinner. They had a hamburger for dinner. And she said something like, oh, hamburgers. That was enough. Okay. The mother felt like at her house, does she have steak? Does she have this? She thinks she's so wonderful and the, we're so poor. Or, or uh, you know, I think it's so interesting. I think that like misunderstandings and kind of our own stuff that we have on the inside can be, can, can really destroy really helpful relationships. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, the woman was not that bad. She helped me in a lot of ways. She got me interested in poetry and stuff like that. I think it's so hard. You know what? I think that that is such an interesting, you and I have had conversations about this before about like how much do we sort of stick our nose in other people's business and how much do we keep our nose out of other people's yeah. business? Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I think that that's, I think that um, it's a really, really, really interesting place to sit. Yeah. Um, and especially for us women, we tend to kind of mother each other a lot by yeah. saying, you know, like, well, let me help you out with this thing. And I don't know, with for me with friends, when we can be like really open mm -hmm. with each other and be non-judgmental, and if it's okay in our friendships to say to each other, no, I really don't want to be pushed in this way, then it's 
then it's okay. And at the same time, man, I really appreciate my friends that push me to grow. Yeah, but this was kind of different because I was an elementary school girl. You were so little. I and, totally agree And with she that. was uh, a woman who's had gotten rid of the last best friend, and I knew that, you know? Yeah. And she was... She was behaving, I thought, inappropriately. And of course, her husband did too. Um, he he got me his best friend, okay? And he drove he drove me home one time and asked me about whether or not he should get a divorce. I was like a little oh kid. Oh my goodness. And he was talking to me like like you talked to Ava. Do you think I should get a divorce or not? Yeah. And I had no idea. I wasn't even sure what divorce was probably. So again, this is why I think friends are so important because when we don't have friends that we can really talk about like the real things with, it kind of squirts out in weird directions. Yeah. You know, like we kind of do weird things when we don't have friends that we can like really talk about real stuff about. Yeah. Well, so you know why are you talking? Like, tell me, I want to know why, why you feel kind of like, you know, why do you want to talk about it now? Why is it coming up for you now? I think because, because of you. How so? Because of who you are. I don't know. It's, I think, because I think I can trust you. You should be able to. I hope you can trust me. Well, I'm very, very diffident with most people, you know, and, um, I have not made any friends since I've, well, I've made friends, lots of friends since I've been to Europe, uh, but there have all been casual friends. I've never talked about my own home or my own family, or I keep things separate and, and compartmentalized, okay? Mm -hmm. And I've got scads of friends. I've got friends in four continents, for heaven's sake, you know, but... I, I keep them at a distance, you know. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've just always been that way, I guess. I don't think you're alone in that. When I, I talk with, you know, people all over the place, and I think, you know, it's having those really deep conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that I love the most about you. You have such an open and generous heart. Like really, honestly, I don't think that you realize how, I don't think you realize how just amazing you are. I think maybe once I do, I'll be in love with myself and then that will be the end of it. <laughs> well, good. I hope you fall in love with yourself <laughs> yeah. much more. Yeah. No, I would, I would make me think about, well, maybe this time period is also giving me a, a lot of time to think yeah. about, you know, how when I put my foot down with my husband, he married me. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You told me that story. I love yeah. that. It was so, I think the only time I've ever put my foot down with him, was it, you marry me or it's, it's, that's the end. And uh, I love that. so... He tried phoning me and whatever and whatever. He, he, he finally phoned me, oh, I don't know, two, three months, six months later and said, okay, I'll marry you. <laughs> and I'll come to the, to Massachusetts and I'll marry you. And he did. I love it so yeah. much. Yeah. 
Awesome. It took, it took him, it was not easy for him to do, but he finally decided that I was it, you know? Oh, I understand why. He's lucky to have had you. And he had lots and lots of women, let me assure you. But yeah. somehow, if they were all the one, like the ones that I met, oh God, they were awful. Anyhow, there was a woman that I put up with for 30 years and I hate her guts. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you say that and I just, it's like, I can't believe it because I know you and I know your heart and I know how forgiving you are and like open and loving and well, yeah. for, for, for the first 10 years I was forgiving, you know, but <laughs> after that I started, it started waning, but anyway. Oh, I love it so much. Well, I have to tell you, I think that one of you are the greatest gifts that you bring to me is the gift of peace. Whenever I am with you, I it's like I'm just surrounded by this great sense of peace. And it's an amazing gift that you yeah. have. Well, want me to tell you what you did for me? Sure. Okay. I have been very in and out and in and out with the church, okay? Because... There are things that I don't believe. There are things that I have to do that I, and I don't like them. And of course, Father Greg didn't help. I mean, you know who Father Greg is. Ah, oh. <laughs> you know. I know. You and Father Greg have issues. I, I know. know. I know. Yeah, he's, he, I don't hate him as much as I think he hates me. But anyhow, <laughs> um, this, this, uh, I've been kind of off with the Catholic Church, but I told you that about 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, I can't remember, when I was off with the church, whatever, um, I got the best piece of advice that I had ever been given. It's just keep pretending that and acting as though you believe and things will change. Yeah. And so I stuck to it and it did and it helped. And then I met you and it really helped. And, but I would go to church. I would not miss a Sunday. You know, I, I, I would not purposely miss anything because maybe that would be the time when things would be right, you know, mm. and they have been. I love yeah. that. And that's where we met each other, too. That's how yeah. we met. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, have you started working on your second book? I, yeah, I kind of have on and off. I think that I need to, I think I need to do the workbook stuff yeah. first. So I think that's the next one. And I, I would really love your help with that, honestly, because I think you're going to have a lot of good things well, to I'll say be very about happy that. Too. But there's something about, wait a minute, the, I found, did I tell you, I found the first few pages of a book that I started writing called Angie... The oh, cherub that flunked out of heaven or something was the word. You told yeah. me about that. Well, um, that book was, what's the name of the book that you read when you were a child? With the Littlest, the littlest Angel. Angel. Okay, I'll, I'd have to get that book. When was it published, I wonder? I, you know what? I have a copy of it. Dean got it as we were, when we were chatting, he went and grabbed it. So I have a copy of it. So when you come over, when, when we're all let out of our, yeah. our jail cells. You know, you come out when you come over, when we have our celebratory dinner at Mattarello, um, I'll, I'll bring the book and then I'll show oh, that it to you that. That would be wonderful. Would you, I will tell my nephew who's more apt to remember it than I am. Okay. 
Yes. Okay, good. So that yeah. we get get a hold of the book. Because, you know, it occurred to me that if I had just continued the book while I was writing it, you know, um, it was, it was, well, basically the Lucifer story, um, but for children, you know, and humorous. Uh, and I just wonder if it's the book that he's got, you know, what I... Oh, I love that, Elizabeth. I don't think so. I love that. You should. I love that concept. That's yeah, an amazing well, it was, concept. I, I thought it was a good concept and I tried to do it. And then I got stuck and then I started on something else and whatever. And I forgot about it. And I found it oh, a week ago or two. Uh, uh, I was printing some pages up and I found this somewhere or other on my computer. But my computer <laughs> is better have a huge memory. <laughs> but anyhow, it has a better one than I do. So what I'm hearing from this is that you're telling me to not stop writing it, to stick with it. Yeah, is that what I'm hearing from you? That, because okay. if the worst thing you can do is, you know, you can drop it anytime, but you can't pick it up anytime. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's yeah. totally true. Yeah. Okay, I love you, and I will talk to you after I talk to Francesco or something. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I love you, too. Okay. Have good a good night. evening. Okay. Check out. All right. Bye-bye. For those of you joining us for the reading of the book, here is chapter seven. Chapter seven, Relationships 3.0, The Friends That Save Us from the Cliffs of Insanity. Once upon a time in Neverland, there lived a fairy gypsy rebel who fought great lonesome battles against the dirt-smeared local trolls. Covered in feathers and bedecked with scarves, our fearless fairy waged the warfare and the battle alone, protecting her homeland from the ravages of disbelief, dishonor, and trembling insincerity. She often played games with the trolls, besting them in feats of catch-a-mouse, peanut butter charades, and blueberry dodgeball. The trolls especially liked the games that involved food. One day, in an especially gruesome battle of Stuff the Biscuit, our flighty fairy caught sight of a particularly hairy troll, and his muscle of fun caught hold of her heart. Alone and rebellious, she wrapped her scarlet scarf around his neck and claimed him as her own. And as the years went on, our fairy rebel forgot her rebellious ways and covered her gossamer wings with raiment of respectability and adulthood. And while she was ever so small, she was also ever so determined to win this battle too. She was also ever so alone. And so as she bowed and scraped and lost her play, our colorful fairy realized that one was not enough. She realized that rebellions are only won by the determined and the numerous. So she set out to gather an army. One by one, the rebellion grew and our fairy queen dusted off her gossamer wings. As she flitted through the Neverland, building a nest here, stopping for a sip there, dancing and singing and stomping through exotic Eastern countries, creating and breaking and strengthening in the Americas. 
and finally twirling and falling and flying into the old world and the dawn of time. She found her partners in the rebellion dance, the ones that would sing and laugh and love with her. And she stored a piece of her glitteriness with each one and they with her so that each became refracted jewels of each other's rainbow souls, reminding each other of who they are and what they were there to fight for. Our fairy queen fought many battles, some with chocolate and catapults on the outside, some with monsters and dragons on the inside. And through each battle, her rebellious fairy sisters stood by her side, catching her in their brilliant scarves when she fell swaying their hips and laughing at life to remind her of who they were in each other. And together, they climbed the ladders of paradise. My friends have saved me from the cliffs of insanity. And the more I grow, the more I realize just how much I couldn't do any of this without them. I used to think that the strongest and most successful were those that could do it alone. I thought that to really be superwoman, I had to prove my mettle flying solo. And the more and more success I see in my life, the more I realize how wrong I was. Oh, how wrong, wrong, wrong. The superwomen that we've known in the past, the Amelia Earharts and the Marie Curies and the Eleanor Roosevelts and the Helen Kellers, they all, all of them, every single one, had a secret weapon. They had friends. Like the dead body kind of friends. The friends that, when you show up at their door in the middle of the night with a dead body, get out their shovel and help you bury it, no questions asked. The friends that hate your enemies more than you do, so you can find space in your heart to forgive, knowing that you're still safe. The kind of friends that go to Chili's with you every week with your two under two kids, even though they have no children because you just can't take it anymore and Chili's has the best air conditioning. The kind of friends that come over for coffee or weekly dinners because your husbands are never home and you just need to adult sometime. The friends that love you through your craziness and your betrayals and your terrible childhood shame and let you cry, cry, cry as you drive and sing along to every bed, everything Bette Midler. The kind of friends that hold your hand and call you on your poop and remind you of what you're fighting for. The kind of friends that never let go. And so, while our fairy princess assembled her army to lead a rebellion and save Neverland, she realized that while doing so, her fairy rebels had, in fact, done so much more. They had held onto each other's diamonds and treasured them more than paradise itself. And oh, the dance has been so beautiful. And that, my beautiful sister friends, is why relationships matter. Because in relationships, true, intimate, we're all leaning in and loving relationships. Everyone holds hands and refuses to let go. And when each of us has that safety, that security, we, each of us, 
can let go of our fears and take flight to discover our own rainbow diamond. It's a pretty rad dance, let me tell you. And I can't wait to keep dancing it with you.